Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats in the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa and I'm your host. Today we're talking about first times and new experiences. Now guys, get your head out of the gutter because we're not talking about first time experience as far as sexual sexual experiences go, even though there is a part in the app that actually Anne has created for that, but it's more like the first time you ate Thai or more like you've never rode on a train, the first time you ever rode on an airplane, things like that, so that you don't live your life with regrets. And it's one thing that I've learned once I hit the age of 50 is that I don't want to live my life with regrets. So I really think this is an awesome opportunity for you to look at um, some of the things that Anne has done, listen to the conversation, listen to how she took a defeat and made it into something that she could share with the world, which I think is amazing. So I really hope you really enjoyed this episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. And you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin, and it's Women's History Month. So every day in this month of March, I am going to be highlighting women, and today I'm highlighting Anne. But before Anne, before I get to you, I have a quote that I wanted to share that I actually think it kind of goes with what we're going to talk about today, and it's a Lucille Ball quote, and it says, I'd rather regret the things I've done than regret the things I haven't done. And you're all about stepping outside of your comfort zone, so... Tell us a little bit about yourself, Anne. Oh, man. Perfect. I love Lucy. Love that quote. Yeah. So I go by uh, self-appointed, but I go by the title of Master of First Times. So my life is committed and dedicated to first times and new experiences. So that's past, present, and future. And the way I ended up here was, I'm going to fast forward very quickly to as my first go around as an entrepreneur, I I failed miserably. And I got to a very dark place. And I found myself on my knees. And because really, I I had two options at that point. And it was either I was going to give up, and I was was very suicidal, or hand my life over to God and say, you know what, clearly, (laughs) you know what you created me for. I'm not figuring this out. So handed my life over to him. And I found myself uh, getting mobilized with the Marine Corps in Germany. And I was traveling again. And when I'm in these new places, I'm like, oh, I should try new things while I'm in these new places. And that just snowballed into wanting to explore everything that life had to offer. It changed my relationship with life. And it also changed so many different things about me. So when I reclaimed the title entrepreneur, it was like, well, what should I do? 
I want to bring to everybody else what this experience is like, what it's like to go on the journey of first time in your experiences. So I started 365 First Challenge. Wow. So let's first talk about you bringing the Marine Corps. What what were you in the Marine Corps? Because honestly, I'm a, Marine, I'm a Marine Corps brat. My dad was in the Marine Corps. He awesome. was um, military intelligence. So um, he's since passed, but he served 20 years and retired. So I'm a big advocate of the Marine Corps. So what were you in the Marine Corps? So I joined the Marine Corps at 17, actually turned 18 in boot camp. Mm. And I started out in logistics, um, MIMS. It was more maintenance and logistics mixture. But what appealed to me about being a Marine is, well, being a Marine, <laughs> what it stood for. And I also, I wanted to be challenged. I wanted to explore. I wanted to travel the world and, you know, serve well, I'm going to say my country, but I'm actually originally from Canada. So, and mm -hmm. I was on a green card when I joined the Marine Corps, but it just, it, it just really appealed to me and it's what I wanted to do. And so, yeah, I joined at 17, turned 18 in boot camp. I did four years as an enlisted Marine. I got up to the rank of Sergeant and then I transitioned and I got a meritorious commission. And so I took a drive from Toyodon Palms to Quantico to go to OCS and I became an officer. And so I picked up my first platoon at 7th Com Battalion in Okinawa, Japan. And that was like everything that did my dream of becoming a Marine and being a platoon commander and leading Marines. And that was so incredible. And I got I got off active duty after 10 years as a as a captain. And then I pursued my entrepreneurial endeavors, which didn't pan out. And I found myself back in the Marine Corps, which is super odd after three years of completely being out and kind of <laughs> deprogrammed to, to go back in. But the Marine Corps has been a really, it's been really great because I have been able as a reservist to go in and out of being on active duty. So now I have a total of 16 years on active duty and 24 total years. And I got promoted all the way to Lieutenant Colonel for some reason. So yeah. Wow, you don't see a lot of women that are like major officers like that. Wow. Yeah, it's a very, very small percentage. So how did that feel? I mean, this is going to totally take a different turn right now. But since it's Women um, History Month and Women Entrepreneurs and Empowerment, how did that feel having your own platoon and being a woman? Oh, my God. It was so amazing. I love... To me, being a platoon commander, being in charge of Marines just brought the absolute best out of me because Marines are so incredible and you want to give them all that you've got. And, and, and I even got to the point where I got a platoon where the battalion commander was trying to keep me from having that platoon because I was a woman and I had to fight to, to get that platoon. And it was very interesting because at first, some of the Marines in the platoon were a little iffy about having a female platoon commander. And if I showed you the, um, can, the guide on that they gave me, mm -hmm. um, all of them just said, you know, I, I was the best platoon commander they had and just caring about the Marines, pushing them, seeing their potential, seeing them grow is just amazing and incredible. And I have personally learned so much and grown so much from, from that experience, but it definitely was not without challenges. And I had to fight, you know, I had to fight for myself. I had to fight a lot of battles, but uh, in a lot of battles for my Marines, I had a uh, operations officer and uh, the S3 who, didn't like me and he wanted me to fail. So 
that would mean my Marines would fail. So that mm-hmm. was not an option, but I had, you know, I always had to push myself for myself and for, you know, for my Marines that, that I was in charge of. And, oh my God, it's just, it's just the best. I, I would go back, <laughs> I would go back to being a platoon commander in a heartbeat. Wow. You can definitely tell by the way you talk and just say people that are watching it, that your eyes are shining when you talk about the Marine Corps, how much you love it. I, love and, I, have, and- I have my, one of my, my own platoons is, is by my desk and oh, oh yeah some some really great memories and experiences and before i forget thank you so much for your service oh thank you well welcome yeah so why did you decide you wanted to serve you said you're originally from canada why did you wanted to serve in in the united states marine corps so we so we moved at the start of my sixth grade year we moved from canada to massachusetts and it was actually my old one of my oldest I have two older brother, but the one that's three year apart, he started thinking about joining the Marines. So the Marine Corps recruiters started coming around the house and I was like, huh, let me listen in. Uh-huh. <laughs> My brother did not join, but I did. So <laughs> <laughs> listening, listening to the recruiter and also my high school sweetheart joined the Marine Corps and he was writing me letters of all the cool stuff that he was doing. And I was like, I, I, I want in on this. And it's not, and I was actually, I was class president. I was top 10 in my class. And the majority of my teachers were like, no, you can't join the Marine Corps. You know, you need to go to college. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm I'm going to be a Marine. And this is back in 1995. Well, actually before that, because I graduated in 1995. So 1991, 1992. So I couldn't look up the Marine Corps on the internet. So they had the Leatherneck magazine in uh, the library. So I was reading the Leatherneck magazine and I was, I was just hooked on, on the history, on what the Marine Corps stood for, and what, you know, what it would pro- provide me. And I felt, I don't know, I was not a college, not that I, I love learning in school. I don't like the school environment. Like yeah. that's not the way that I maximize learning. Yeah, I love that. And you're talking about Massachusetts. My parents are originally from Massachusetts. I see so many similarities right here. <laughs> and my great grandmother is from Canada. So there you go. Oh my God. <laughs> similarities that's awesome yeah i do want to say something in your bio this cracked me up it says at nine years old you found yourself locked in the bathroom with your worst fear a spider after being locked in with the spider you you were blessed with a revelation you can be trapped by your fears are free and face them a spider made you face fears Well, come on. How many kids are scared of spiders? That's not, that's not an out of norm. So yeah, I, I just had such a fear of spiders. And one of my afternoon chores was to clean the downstairs bathroom. So I was, and you know how spiders like to hang out, like at the back of the commode, you know, at the mm-hmm. bottom. And there was a spider and I went running out of the bathroom, just panicking and screaming and yelling. And my stepmom thought something like major had happened to me. So she came running down to check on me. And I told her that that there was a spider and she was not having it. She was not having this behavior. And so it might sound drastic, but it changed my life because she locked me in the bathroom. She like 
push me back in the bathroom and hang on. She hanged on to the door and I'm frantic, just trying to get out. I'm so scared. <laughs> like the spider is going to come and get me. And, and there's a calm that came over me. And that's what I heard. You can be trapped by your fears or you can free be freed by facing them. So that calm just empowered me and that knowledge. And so I grabbed like probably entire paper, you know, toilet paper roll, <laughs> killed a spider, got it in the toilet and I, I was set free. And then I knew, and I applied that to the rest of my life. And so at first it was okay. If I was afraid of something, I would have to do it. And then it became, if I was afraid of something, I had to, like, I started chasing my fears mm -hmm. and this amazing thing started happening. You know, I, I, it gave me such, so much confidence to know that I could face all of my fears and, and be okay and work myself through it. But what's interesting is that it's not until I started the journey of first time in your experiences that I realized great, you know, chasing my fear definitely gave me the confidence and made me fearless. And I actually have this huge appreciation for fear. I, I feel fear so like almost never so, like, so little mm -hmm. Then when fear comes in, it's like, it just, it just clarifies everything. It slows everything down. It, it puts me in the moment. Like I think fear is such a, can be such a power, you know, empowering uh, emotion once you you learn about it and how to leverage it but the journey for some of you experience made me realize that i had set, set self limitations on myself Ooh. that were not tied to fears they were tied to you know, i joined the marine corps at 17. so if you talk sports athletics and those type of things yeah i'm over it i i'm, I'm all over it now if you talked about craft music cooking or like feminine things uh -huh. I was like mm, no you know that's not for me and I came to realize through the journey it's like oh my god I cut out so many different opportunities to to learn and things mm -hmm. to do so I started embracing you know I started embracing those things and I've realized it's so much fun to do things with your hands it's so much so many things about craft and cooking it's about creating it's mm -hmm. it's a way to express yourself and so that opened up my world so one things that I think people need to understand there's a differentiation between fears and your comfort zone closing in your world and then your self-limiting beliefs and there there are things that you do pick up and that you might not even realize that you've picked mm -hmm. up from your youth or throughout the years because of what you did, what, like, what identity you decide to identify with and stepping outside of all of that to really expand your world is super important. Yeah. And it also could be too something somebody's told you when you were younger too, like you can't do this. So in your mind, you're thinking, I can't do this. For the longest time, I would laugh quietly. I had like a, I guess if you're listening and not watching, mm -hmm. because my stepmom would tell, she told me like I had a, I had a bad laugh. So I was so self-conscious. I got to the point where my laugh had no sound. So mm -hmm. yes, there's a lot of things that can imprint you, that can shape you, that can impact you, that you, you have to one, review your life, which is one of the reasons why I do the first time storytelling, but you have to review your life and your behavior and explore, you know, what you're not exploring. Mm -hmm. So let's get back to that. When you said the very beginning where you were entrepreneur and you failed and you had that choice, you could either choose suicide 
or get down on your knees and pray. Walk us through that moment to where you decided to get on your knees and trust God. It was, it was one of the best thing I did in my life. And it, it was at a point where, because I was so confident and I'm also egotistical, I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, <laughs> God, God gave me some humility along the way that pursuing, so I was pursuing entrepreneurial endeavors. So I, I, I started as a life coach, a business coach, a coaching agency. I did a tech startup and I was doing everything that really the world tells you you're supposed to do to be successful as an entrepreneur. And I was not afraid to pursue anything. I, you know, and I was, I was giving it all I had and I kept failing and I had given all I had in the Marine Corps and then some and had been successful and I had reached a good level of success. And so this was just hard to swallow. And I felt like what I was trying to do was to help people. So why wasn't, you know, so I grew up Catholic, so I, and my mom was like spiritual. So I, I had some sort of relationship with God, but it wasn't like the Christian relationship with God mm -hmm. where you put God first. Uh, it was more like, Hey, I have these requests and why God aren't you like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> doing what I want. And, and so after all of the failures, each failure, each failure brought like more darkness. And I was not addressing those emotions. Mm -hmm. I just kept going like you're, and especially, you know, that's a, as a Marine, as just the type of person I was, you know, the A type personality, you just keep, you just keep, mm -hmm. you get back up and you keep going emotions, feelings, whatever. I don't have, I don't have time for that, but it all, it started catching up. And like, I guess the, the, What's the expression? The straw that broke the camel's back was mm -hmm. also, I had a relationship that also fell. And oh. that's when I felt like I was just failing at everything. And I was living in New Orleans at the time and I was at the gym or different places. And I, I was exposed to a lot of like uh, Joyce Meyer and some other folks, you know, were coming, like I was, they were coming in talking, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I would listen. And it would kind of also make me angry because it's like, I feel like I'm doing these things, but they're not panning out. And then just the weight became just too much. And it just, it, it, it broke me. Like, I, I just really felt like I could not do anything right. I, 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 my relationship, I didn't have a relationship with my family. I had nowhere and no one to turn to. And I, I, there's just so many things that need to change about me that, you know, the answer was to hand it over to God. And after hitting my knees and turning my life over to God, you know, one of the things is you have to die to self. And, you know, what God asked me to do is like, you got to let go of everything about being an entrepreneur. Just like, and it took two years and I would wake up at night just feeling anxiety. If I'm not an entrepreneur, if I'm not this driven, driven, ambitious entrepreneur who's going to change the world, then, you know, who am I? And, you know, and that's, you're reminded you're a child of God and, you know, and then it was focusing more and more on, on him and learning about, you know, his ways. And he, right away, there's the darkness was lifted 
I, so, I, and I know that can hurt certain people because certain people mm -hmm. are Christian and there's still darkness in their heart. And, you know, if I could lift that for them, I absolutely would. Um, but for me, as soon as I, God lifted that and he brought my family back into my life, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of reconciliation. And then I found myself traveling again and, you know, living in Europe. And that just, I mean, I, it was a few, probably a year later where I found myself in Prague and I'm overlooking the, the river in the city. And I was just so much gratitude because there's absolutely no way by myself I could have found myself there. Mm. And um, and I had been in so much debt. I was debt free. I was driving a BMW. I was traveling across Europe. It's like there's absolutely no way that I would have found myself there. And the crazy thing is part of the reason why I wanted to be an entrepreneur was to have that freedom to travel, to have that freedom to do those things. And then I came to realize like there's so many different ways to end up to where you want to be. Mm. And that ultimately, you know, and even now as I reclaim the title entrepreneur and I'm going through some of the same challenges that I faced before, I'm reminded that God, God's focus is on who we become, not what we achieve, but who we are. And so I'm always keeping that focus on, am I growing into the person that, you know, is in, in the service of God and, and doing, doing the right things. And sorry, I'm not trying to convert anyone. It's just that yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of my, my yeah, background. It's your, story. it's your story. And that's when, that's one of the reasons why I asked you about it, because you could have easily taken the other route and we wouldn't be talking here today, but you chose to take that route. So Let's talk about the 365 first challenge. You talk about all these different things that first times and new experiences can benefit your life. So you want to share some of those? Absolutely. So going on the journey of first time and new experiences has tremendous benefit in that it can improve your cognitive abilities. So when you learn things, you actually become a better learner. So the process of learning become makes you a better learner. So for example, let's say you go and you once a week, once a month, you learn a new board game. So the process of learning that board game benefits you your cognitive ability because you're 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 learning, you're engaging your brain. Speaking of engaging your brain, when you do new things, when you learn new things, then you tap into being able to do neuroplasticity. So being able to rewire your brain around new activities, around learning new things. So let me, let me, let me say why I say first time in new experiences. So a first, a new experience is always a first time. Mm -hmm. A first time doesn't mean that it's a new experience, but it's elevating what you're doing to a new first, to a new level. So that's because people are like, well, are you saying you should try something new all the time? Yes and no. <laughs> so it'd be new experiences in that you're doing something that you've never done before, or you're having a new first time in that you're doing something at the next level. So let's say that you, you've never gone hiking and you're going to pick up hiking. Well, your first hike pair of hiking boots. So going shopping for your first pair of hiking boots is going to be your first, your first initial hike, and then your first peak. And then as you go mm -hmm. up in different peaks and you have an overnight hiking trip, right? So you're, you're expanding that. And as you're doing that, that's what does the neuroplasticity in your brain, because you're 
you have new habits, you have new uh, patterns, you have new way of thinking, because when you're outdoors or around nature, it also exposes you to different things. So you do neuroplasticity when you do first time in your experiences. It's really great for your creativity mm. and open-mindedness because you're being exposed to a lot of different things. So the way creativity works is that you know, creativity is making a connection where maybe a connection never existed before. So if the more things that you're exposed to, then the more different connection and the beauty is your brain does this without you realizing it. Okay. So all of a sudden you're going to have like, you know, this haha idea and you're going to be like, oh, that's because, and you might not even realize it, but it's because you've been exposed to multiple different things. And being, same thing with being more open-minded. When you become more open-minded, first off, you realize you don't need to be always right because there's mm -hmm. so many different, opinions. There's so many different ways of looking at things. There's so many different options. And the more you expose yourself to, you know, different cultures, different foods and different musics and different opinions, you know, the more you realize, huh, it's a really big world out there. And I love to explore it without needing everyone to share my own opinions. So you become a lot more open-minded. It can make you a lot more spontaneous. So if you have the 365 First Challenge app and, you know, you got some time to kill, you're looking at the app and like, hey, I've never done, you know, this activity before. So I'm going to, I have an hour, I'm going to try this out. And it definitely improves your, your you know, your well-being. It makes you happier because it releases a lot more dopamine when you do first times in your experiences. It's also great. It's a great way, great thing to leverage, to push yourself outside of your comfort zones, to push yourself to face your fears. So you, you increase your confidence level. So it has all, you know, once you understand how to use the journey for some of your experiences for action-based self-development, you, you know, you can elect to, you know, really you know completely grow change and improve who you are and for sure it is also going to raise your self-awareness because you're going to become more aware how things make you feel you know what you like what you don't like why you like and don't like those things because you're you're active in those things it improves your mindfulness uh so when i i, I took my stepmom this was almost two years ago but we we went and um did a uh uh, a, a torch, a glass. So it's not glass blowing. It was working with a torch. Mm -hmm. And because it's so, you know, it's dangerous because it's so hot, uh, you're really paying attention and then you're making something and all of it just is so rewarding, but you're mindful. The world stops. If you, you know, whatever you're stressed, mm -hmm. worried about, it all goes away because you're focused on one thing. And I know that happens when you, when you do craft, when you do different things that you shut out the world and you do something, you have to pay attention because you've never done it before. You're not used to doing it. And so that gives you, a, again, a boost of dopamine, a really wonderful break and an ability to be mindful and appreciative of, you know, enjoying life and, and doing different things that life has to offer. So what made you decide to create that? First of all, you were doing these first yourself, but sharing it with other people because you said there's an app for that. So what made you decide to go, I'm going to share it with the whole world, you know? <laughs> so after, after 10 years of, I was, you know, doing the Marine Corps, traveling, writing, 
and really fully living life. I was getting to the point where I was like, I am loving this. It's amazing and fabulous, but I'm not giving anything back to anyone. Like it's, it's great for me, but I am, you know, I am an entrepreneur. I want to change the world. I want to impact the world. So when I felt God was giving me the thumbs up that I could reclaim the title entrepreneur, I was like, okay, what is my business going to be? And, you know, then I tapped into what has changed my life. And it was the, it was all of those new experiences. So the 365 first challenge kind of grew, grew out of that. And so in April of 2019, initially it was a, a website with a guide and I had started the 365 first podcast. And I quickly realized that when I was asking people like, Hey, what's something that you've never done before? Everyone was looking at me and answering me with like a bucket list item. I was like, no, not like a bucket list, but what's something today or tomorrow or this week that you could do that you've never done so that you can maximize what you get out of life. And then I kept getting blank stares and I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to have to create something that's very handy and that makes it very easy to, you know, make your list. So that's when I, I came up with the 365 first challenge app and, um, then I had this huge, incredible plan. I moved to Las Vegas because Las Vegas is like the number one city in the world that's associated with the hashtag first time, first experience, new experience. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, here we go, Las Vegas, here I come. And my plan was to get embedded into the city and especially the businesses that offer those unique experiences that people come to Las Vegas for. And uh, so I was in the process of doing that and then... COVID hit. <laughs> Breaks. It's like, man, what else can this pandemic do now? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, as a good entrepreneur, I shifted and I, I pivoted a little, a little too fast. I'm, I'm quick on my feet, which has a habit of biting me in the butt because I'm, I'm always ahead of market with things. Uh, but uh, th then I started the first time storytelling broadcasts and and I wrote a book and I created another course and I went a whole other, um, <laughs> I went down a whole other path. <laughs> but now I'm returning because, you know, I expect the summer and we're going to go get, start getting back to normal, whatever that looks like. Uh, so I'm, I'm returning back to uh, the 365 first challenge and I'm actually uh, creating a, uh, it's going to be a seventh month starting starting this month uh, a series that's going to lead to a live event. And that is focused on introducing people to all the possibilities of first time and new experience. So health first and sports and outdoors and skills, you know, life skills and um, volunteering first, like, you know, exposing people to there's so much to life. Uh -huh. <laughs> I know people are ready to return back to fully living it. And yeah, so doing getting a, 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 a summit summit together for that, that's going to lead to a live event here here in Las Vegas in the fall. Wow. So let's talk about the app. So people can go on the app for what to look for something to do for the first time. Is that how you're saying it? 
So it helps them. So it helps them make their list. So when you register on the app, you select the categories. It's thirty categories where you want first time. So like I said, volunteering, life skills, food, uh, outdoors, gambling. I'm in Las Vegas, um, so <laughs> you, you have, <laughs> even though I'm not a gambler. So you you pick your categories, and then it it's it's kind of like Tinder. It there's a card that comes up and you swipe. If it's something you've done before, you swipe up. If something that you've never done, but you are interested, then you swipe left. And it's something that you've never done would like to do, then you swipe right. And then it, it then you have to appoint a timeline because when we're accountable to a timeline, we're more likely mm -hmm. to execute and get it done. So you say, yes, I'll do this within seven days, 30 days, 45 days, whatever it might be. And so you make your list that way of things that you've never done before. Now the app is, this is the initial version. It's the minimal viable product. It's not without bugs, uh, but the aim is this year to get things moving to where I can do the next version of the app where people can connect with each other, where you can be location-based. So let's say that you swiped on, you've never had Thai, so you wanna have Thai food. So if you're near a Thai restaurant, it will say like, hey, it's lunchtime and you've never had Thai. There's a Thai restaurant, you know, two miles away. Now's the time <laughs> to go try Thai for the first time to get to where it's it's really supporting uh, and encouraging you to do that. And then there's going to be a further uh, levels of the app to where it's going to. So you are the sum of your experiences mm -hmm. and everything started with the first time. But so as you're swiping on the things that you've done and don't want to do, I want to put machine learning behind it that's going to paint a picture of who you are, like how the things you've done make you who you are. But also mm -hmm. let's say, so one thing I always need to work on is patience. Mm. So there are different things you can do to develop your patience. So then it's going to explore, well, what are the things that you've never done before? They're going to help you develop your patience. So then you can swipe on the things that are going to help you develop your patience. And then you know that you're doing those things specifically because it's going to help you improve a certain, certain trait or something that you want to learn, something that you want to know more about. Well, wow, that's great for life skills too. Oh yeah. There's a whole life skills. There's a whole life skills section. And right now like you have to be a certain age to be on the app because there's also sexual first, but at some point, the next version, depending on how old you are, it's going to take certain categories out, but you know, the life skills, you know, I, I know, you know, there, there, there are a lot of people don't even know how to use a can opener and it, and it, it, that's, it breaks it. Like it goes into those small mm -hmm. items and because we take it for granted what we kind of what you should know in life or what you should desire to want to know in life and be able to do in life. Yeah. Cause there's some children now being raised that don't know how to write a check because they're used to that debit card or the credit card, you know, swipe, swipe, swipe and paying their bills and not having to worry about writing out longhand a check. Yeah. And then you have on the flip side, you have those who have been writing their checks all their lives who don't know how, you know, how to do the electronic, you know, way of doing things. And I think it's good to, you know, I think there's just like writing longhand, you know, there's, there's kids who can't write, um, 
you know, cursive. Mm -hmm. Well, there are certain things about writing on paper that's 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 good for your brain. So there's certain things that that shouldn't go away, and we should have an awareness of it. I think one of the because I've traveled so much because I, I've made my way around and I've kind of always been on my own. I always had to figure out how to do things on mm -hmm. my own. So I've had, you know, the appreciation, the realization of how important it is to have that under your belt. And I think, you know, when people talk about being confident, well, being confident is believing in yourself. Well, if you've never done a lot of things where you had to push yourself or you had to learn things or you had to figure them out, then you don't have that appreciation. So I just, so the house where I'm at right now, it's the first house where I actually hung curtains because it was like <laughs> another thing. It's just like, okay, it's time for me to establish a home where I actually decorate it. And so my stepmom came out and before she, you know, she sent me, she sent me a text message. She's like, she better have a drill before I get there. And I was like, a drill? Off to Home Depot, I went. <laughs> I need to buy, you know, a hand drill. And, you know, the first time I used it was super awkward. And two days of us hanging so much stuff, I was, I, I, you can't kind of see it. I was mm -hmm. hanging off the the side of my staircase to hang, to hang something upside down. And I was like, oh. I'm good at this now. And it's just how quickly the comfort level, once you do those things, and that increases your confidence. You know, you you have to do those things. I can just see you now. What else do I need to drill? What else do I need to drill, right? <laughs> totally like that. I barely have used it since then. And I was like, come on, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And actually I put together the vast majority of all the furniture in my house. I put it all together without the drill. So that was a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of <laughs> screwing things, but uh, and it, it was such a, I don't know, such a rewarding thing to do and to know that I have the ability to do that because I was willing to em embrace it. Yeah, I when you were talking about the app, I kept thinking about things like, well, this would be a great thing to do for like girls night or, you know, girls night out, group of friends getting together, even families doing it together. Obviously the parents would have the app and control the app. Cause like you said, it's, you have to be a certain age, but the parents can say, Oh, we haven't done eating Thai food as a family. Let's all go and eat Thai food, you know? So I can see the bonding that it can bring as well. Absolutely. One of, one of the things pre COVID and I'll revisit at some point was to have, um, first time parties like first time get together to where you sent out to your guests and you ask them what's something you know a game you've never played before food you've never eaten before so and then you make a list so that each guest that comes over to your house gets to have a first time and you get to mm -hmm. share you make those memories together you get to share all those experiences together make those memories together and have you know have a lot of fun and have stories to tell afterwards that's that's an amazing idea. Now you said you were your own guinea pig. <laughs> so let's talk about that. My t -shirt. <laughs> so let's talk yes. about being your own guinea pig. It's how I've been living my life. Uh, and even before I was doing the first time in your experiences be, being on the journey there, where I, I since I was little, a young girl, I probably since that experience in the bathroom, right, of getting that 
uh, revelation of, you know, you can, you can be trapped by your fears or, you know, be freed by facing them. I've been obsessed with self-development. So when I always got curious about something, I was like, well, let me test it out on myself. <laughs> like, let me, let me see if that does work. And it, it's been crazy because I'm doing so much research right now on, you know, the benefits of first time in your experiences, everything that's coming around. Uh, I, I love following, uh, there's various neuroscientists that I follow and the research that's coming out. And it's just like, it's confirming what I have known because it's what I've tested on myself. So it's just, it's just really been great. So I think, you know, embracing being your own guinea pig and to some extent you're, you're the mad scientist and you're the guinea pig. So you're, you're <laughs> both filling out both roles uh, of, you know, test, test, testing things out. And that I have actually weaved that into something else in that, you know, there's no one size fits all answer mm -hmm. to self-improvement and self-development you have to figure out what works for you. It's really great to read the science, to listen to experts. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the self-help industry who are going to tell you, you know, my way is the way that's going to work for, for you. And they think it's going to work for everyone. Well, just because it worked for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And what happens is when somebody follows someone who says that they have the answer when it doesn't work for them, they think it's them, like they did something wrong, like they're failing. Yeah, you're not. You're not failing. Sorry, you're not failing. You're just following somebody else's method that is not the best for you. So you need to be your own guinea pig and your own scientist. You need to know who you are and discover what works and what doesn't work for you. So the way you do that, you test everything and you question everything. So and you never never see yourself as being the, the faulty part of the equation. Understand that you don't have the right, like you need to understand the equation and you need to plug in the right things into the equation. So I like people, you know, the, the, the folks that I listen to that I follow that share expertise always key in on saying, this is what the research says, but it doesn't mean it's going to apply to you because the research, they have to talk broad terms at the end of the day and outliers for most research, they're cut out. So what if you're, mm -hmm. you're an outlier, yep. you're, you're beating yourself up for nothing. Yep. That's so true. So let's talk about, you said during COVID, you had to pivot from the app, the 365 first challenge to first time storytelling. And you actually wrote a book how to become a first time storyteller. And it's actually, if you guys are a Kindle Unlimited, it's actually on Kindle Unlimited, but you can also buy it on Amazon as well. So let's talk about first time storytellers and about your book and how that COVID made you pivot all that. All right. So like I mentioned, I started the 365 First podcast in April of 2019 to share my first time stories. And it was always on my to-do list that I would bring in other people to share their first time stories. But I have very long to-do lists. And when, when COVID stopped everything, I went back to my to-do list. I was like, well, what can I do? What can't I do? Oh, well, what I can do now is go ahead and have people come and share their first time stories. So I started the first time storytelling broadcast and I started going live in March of last year. 
it really did go by fast, even though it was, it was a terrible mm -hmm. year. Uh, so March of last year, I started the first time storytelling broadcast, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I went live with a guest to share a first time story. Unfortunately, what I started discovering is a lot of people don't know how to share stories. They know how to teach. They know how to inform. They know, um, you know, how to pass information and facts, but they're not storytelling. So there's, there's, there's an art to storytelling. So I threw together a really quick uh, class and started offering it. And then it, the more I was listening to my guests, the more the class grew. And then I was like, oh, I could write a book. I wrote a book and then I wrote a bigger course. And actually last week we had the first ever first time storytelling summit. And yeah, so kind of, you know, I have, I have a way of always taking things to the next level that way. Right. And, uh, but I'm very, I'm, I'm very happy that it, it happened that the first time storytelling book and the, the website and everything came to the surface because then it does kind of complete the 365 first, like the company. So, because I think it's very important that you understand the importance of all your first time and your experiences, how they impacted you, how they shaped you. Uh, and you have your awareness around that, that you can tap back into those and that you can share with others. Cause ultimately what, first time storytelling is about is it's a method for you to communicate who you are in a clear, concise and engaging fashion through mm -hmm. storytelling so that people understand who you are and you make deeper connection. Cause that, that was one of the other thing that happened during COVID is we lost that physical connection. Well, now if you're connecting virtually, you need to make heart to heart connection. That means you need to be able to open up. You need to allow yourself to be vulnerable. You need to go deeper into the content of your conversation. So there is more meaning and connection and storytelling is a really great way of doing that. It's certainly, so I mentioned, you know, I was this, I still am a type A personality. So I can say I was was so I am this type of personality, but you know, I was this this completely driven, outcome focused individual. Still am, but not not at that same level. But I didn't have relationships, so I didn't have like deep connections, and that they never mattered to me, and they never like occurred to me to you know nurture those. And when I, when I wanted to start nurturing those, I didn't know how. So that's how I personally found myself in storytelling. And then I found it as such a powerful tool because I could open up and be vulnerable through a story, but that made me comfortable in that format to do it. And I saw that people engage with it, they connected mm -hmm. and they wanted to hear more and that made me feel good. And, you know, it made them want to open up. So it elevated the connection. And, you know, as an introvert, I don't do small talk. So I needed things to be at a deeper level. So yeah, came that all brought first time storytelling about, I don't know how much research you did on this before you came on, but actually this particular Chats from the Blog Cabin started out because of the challenge that I was in with uh, a mindset coach who said, okay, I want you guys to go live and I want you to talk about this challenge that we're in and talk about one of your values. And I was like, I hate going live. I hate being in front of the camera. I have so much anxiety in front of the camera. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to bring a friend on. I'm going to talk about the value of friendship. And 
<laughs> I was on it one time for 10 minutes, maybe on Facebook. And I was like, you know what? Here's something. I really like doing this. That was a year ago. COVID started it and chats from the blog cabin actually came out because of COVID. But never if you told me last January that I would be doing this, I would have told you you were crazy because there was no way I was going to get in front of a camera. That is awesome. Yeah. And that, that is a prime example of not letting things stop you, embracing that 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 new experience and you just don't know what you're going to discover. And I'm sure you've met incredible people through mm -hmm. doing the chats from the blog cabin. I And you've probably grown, learned so much more. And, you know, that entire like cycle of self-development that takes place when you really embrace doing something that you've never done before. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that I mean, but yeah, but the anxiety level when I first went on was like crazy. There was no way that I was ever going to do it again. But I'm like, you know what? I really like doing that. So the next day I had another friend come on and we talked about shopping your home during COVID, how you can just revamp your home. You didn't have to go out to the store. And then from that point on, I just went on. And I actually have had three. I'm, I'm a mom of three. I've had all three of my girls on. I'm waiting. I'm hoping my husband will come on one day. I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> and we're talking. And that, yeah. And I, I mean, you know, having your daughter on, that's, you know, that's a legacy. That's, that's capturing something that, you know, someday they'll be able to show, you know, your, your grandkids and your, your great grandkids. And it's, you're, you're, you're making memories that are going to last a lifetime and beyond. So are you still doing the podcast too or no? So right now, the first time storytelling broadcast is a little bit on pause as I am focusing on bringing together this, this massive uh, summit series, but I will be, I will be picking it back, back up. One of the things that I am doing though, is I am doing uh, bi-monthly. So every other week, uh, first time storytelling networking event. Mm. So uh, it's virtual. And cause I had someone say, you know, they're tired of virtual networking events cause they're all the same. So this is a way for people to come practice their storytelling skills and meet new people and well, open up with strangers, you know, like, <laughs> so uh, the way, uh, yeah. So the way, the way it works is we, we meet, we do a 10, 15 minute uh, sort of educational uh, series on storytelling and then people get broken up into group and we have about two prompts. So two, you'll do two different stories and you get to, you know, within five minutes, share, share your story. So example, you know, your first pet, your first job, your first, your first interview, uh, your first networking event, first time on a plane, you know, it's, it's simple things, your first car, but there's, there's knowledge about who you are around all of those first times. So how do people get involved with that? So those, I need to, I need to add those to the first time storytelling website. So I won't have that done <laughs> before, <laughs> before, <laughs> before the end of this week. Uh, but the, it's on run the world. So run the world is a, so it's a virtual meeting, virtual summit um, platform started by two women. So it's a tech pack, tech platform started by two women. So I'm all about supporting women in tech. And uh, yeah, so like, like I said, it's, it's every, so March 6th, 
is the um we're, we're having one and then two weeks after that so that's one place to check it out or i will get it posted on first time storytelling.com <laughs> <laughs> i love that so our time's about to end is there any one last little nugget you want to leave with us oh we covered a lot you asked some really fabulous questions so i would just say that if you are in a place in life right now where kind of life is weighing you down, just know that that's not the purpose of life. It's, it's not, that's not, there's a way for you to step out of that to where you can see that life is very magical. So no matter where you find yourself at, you can, you can do that by exploring what it has to offer and let the magic of it, of life, of living, uh, come, in, come into your life. And where can people find you? I'd say the best place to find me is actually on YouTube. So I have three channels. So I actually have a personal channel. Uh, so <laughs> I know it's just madness. <laughs> There's something wrong with me. Uh, so <laughs> if, you, if you go to Anne Bernard, so that's my personal channel. And there is where I share... Uh, so it's, you know, maximize, I share how I maximize living through also the pursuit of, you know, my passion, my dreams and my, my adventures. So I, you know, set the example. I, I don't preach anything that I don't live that I don't implement. So my, I capture that on my YouTube channel. And right now there's kind of a lot about fasting and, and, and keto because it, it was a big thing for me to start putting my health as a priority because mm -hmm. I'm a workaholic that was sacrificing my health. So, you know, that's, that's, that's my challenge. That's the struggle that, that, that I'm going through. So I'm, I'm sharing that sharing my entrepreneurial journey. And then there's the three, six, five first channel where it's all about first time and new experiences. And there's also the first time storytelling channel, which is all about first time storytelling. <laughs> so how do you keep it all straight? Because is it just you or do you have a team working with you? Uh, so <laughs> I do have some interns that are working to help me put together the summit, but otherwise it, it is primarily me and I, I am working on asking my, like, <laughs> lots of whiteboards. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, just the app itself is like one huge thing because I can't imagine all the other little things in the three YouTube channels and I mean... Kudos yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I'm constantly, it's, it's crazy because one of the things I, I do teach is like, hey, you need to know your priorities and stick to your priorities. And, you know, as a creative person, as an entrepreneur, I can uh, just jump all over the place a little too much. But because it all comes back together, it's all tied to first time in your experiences. So, um, you know, if I spend a little bit more time on one platform creating content, it doesn't hurt the other one because you can mm -hmm. shift around between everything that I do. And it's ultimately, you know, about action-based self-development through first time in your experiences. Wow. Woo, you've given me a lot to think about. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for joining us. I mean, your life just sounds like it's been like, I can't even imagine what's going on in your mind right now. What goes on in your mind when you wake up in the morning from the time you wake up, you probably go to bed really late too. Am I right? 
No, I am. I am early to bed. I by eight o'clock. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, but I'm I'm up very early, so I you know by between four thirty and five, then I'm up, and I am. I don't set a clock. I one of those person that wakes up and is uh, up and, um, you know TMI. But I am. I'm also going through like I'm perimenopausal, so I I don't sleep very well because there's a lot of hot flashes, <laughs> lots oh. of night sweats at night. So yeah, I it, know that. <laughs> yeah. So you know that's part of also you know the the dieting, the fasting, everything. Just getting you know how can you how can you maximize your performance and your productivity and just tweaking that is a lot of research and is a lot of time but once that's that's set then you can outperform because you're you know you're 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 maxed out to your best of your abilities so that's an, that's a bit of an obsession of mine as well <laughs> yeah that's for sure so like i said thank you so much ann for coming on and I Honestly, you're welcome back anytime. I've enjoyed so much chatting with you. So I can't wait to hear about when COVID finally, when things finally get back to whatever the new normal is to what you launch next. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm imagining the day when people step, step off the plane in at the airport in Las Vegas and they see, you know, what new experience you want to have in Las Vegas, download the app. And then, you know, I get the 42 million people that are going through Las Vegas to download the app and we're off to the races and people, you know, have a new appreciation and love for life and they're growing, they're improving. And, you know, my mission is to raise human potential. Well, guys, we will see you on the next chat from the blog cabin. And once again, Anne, thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Mm -hmm. Wow, I absolutely love this episode with Anne. The fact that she created an app because she was looking for things to do because she was in such a dark place that she wanted to share her what she found with other people is amazing. Um, I cannot wait to see where this app goes. I'm hoping that her dream of when people step off the plane in Las Vegas talks about there's so many different experiences you can experience. What are you going to experience in Las Vegas? I hope it does come to fruition. I really appreciate Anne coming on. It was a really great chat. There were so many similarities with the Marine Corps and Massachusetts and Canada. It was so funny. But I want to thank you guys for being part of the Chats from the Block Cabin podcast and family. I really hope you are enjoying the Women Empowerment, Women History Month series that I'm doing. I'm hoping I'm not overwhelming you too much with all the amazing women and different things that I'm showcasing this month. I promise we'll get back to normal, regular schedule program in in the next month. And it won't be a single solitary podcast every single day, but it'll be twice a week as, as before. Um, like I said, thank you so much for being part of the podcast family. Please like, review, and subscribe wherever you listen or watch it. If you watch it on YouTube, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. It helps me out a lot. And I hope you have a blessed day. And remember, keep chatting. <laughs>